This morning, I'm going to begin our message by reading from John 9. Uh, We don't have outlines today, so feel free to grab a Bible and follow along, or else you can simply listen. We're going to read the first nine verses. And as you find it, um, I wanted to tell you this is an important passage of Scripture for me. Um, My extended family has really clung to John 9 because, as many of you know, I have a brother who has Down syndrome and autism. He's 27 years old, and he is my favorite person in the world. He is somebody who teaches me so much about what it means to know God in a very deep way. Jacob is pretty much nonverbal, and so any communication that happens between us happens through locking eyes um, or through me reading his signals. And he is somebody who is filled with joy, and yet he has suffered tremendously with many physical uh, problems and illnesses. And yet we have really clung to John chapter 9 because we've seen God's work revealed in him. So let's read the first nine verses. I'll read it, follow along uh, with me, or just listen. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of psyllium, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. We thought it would be good to have a living sermon today. And so I've invited my friends, Annette and Matteo Musso, to come and share with us thoughts on this passage. Matteo was with us about a year ago. Matteo is 14 years old, and he has autism. He is a poet. He's a deep thinker. He is a seeker of truth. And he is backed by popular demand because he really impacted us the last time he was with us. So, Matteo, would you join me? And as he comes, I want to tell um, a story that happened as a result of Matteo coming to our parent support dinner. Matteo shared at our dinner using his method of communication, which you will see. It's called the rapid prompting method. And he shared at one of our dinners about his thoughts on this. And we learned how it had opened up his world after 12 years of silence. And there were some parents in that dinner whose 17-year-old son had never been able to communicate verbally. And technology hadn't worked for him. And they watched and they said, I wonder if that could work for our son. Well, they took him to start learning this method. After his first session, he started to share with them what his experiences had been for 17 years. He described the way he viewed his own mind, and he used deep poetic language. They were blown away by what they heard. And since, as he continues to learn this method, he has told them all of the different experiences that he has had and his own reflections on his life and his education. And it turns out he has been given curriculum in school that is far below what he's capable of. And this has gone on for years. This world opened up to him and his family because of Mateo and because Mateo shared. And so that's something I just want you to know and to celebrate um, with us. So, Mateo, I've asked you to share a little bit about your reflections on John 9. Um, Specifically, I've asked him to share about this idea that somebody sinned in order for disability to happen. 
and for him to talk about how God's work is actually revealed through what we would call disability. So welcome, Mateo. Welcome, Annette. Thank you, everyone. It's so nice to be back, and we appreciate the opportunity to be with you again and to share Mateo's message. H I Hi E B E R Y O N Hi everyone N I C Nice to S E E C U I L O V Love G E T T I N getting T H the C H A N C the chance two S H A R to share S E C R E T secrets of S I L E N of silent O N E S. I love the chance to share secrets of silent ones. A N and G O D and God's M E S S A. G E and God's messages H E He's B E E Ben B O M B A R D I N G bombarding M me W I T with M me, A-L-L, all. The, C. All, what? S, T. All the, C. He's spelling these, all these. All the, years. And I'm happy to share God's secrets. He's been, messages he's been bombarding me with all these years. Mom, can I puff you? I W R O T wrote T H I S. This. Thank you for going to the last. Last. Night. Show me the puppets. We're going to the movies. So. We're going to the movies. You. Don't have to stay here or hanging out. No, no beauty all day long. I wrote this last night so you don't have to stay here all day long.
So he did write this last night at about 8.30 and asked me if I'd read it for him. I see this passage as a testament to God's way of teaching us how to love here on earth and Jesus' obedient delivery of the message is our lesson in following God. God teaches many lessons to us through those less fortunate than most. Beggars, prostitutes, poor, sick, and as some call it, possessed. By the way, they weren't possessed. They were autistic. God gives each of us gifts to share with each other, every single person, excluding no one. The teaching is about seeking the gifts, nurturing them, and allowing ourselves to be transformed daily by being around them. Those in the story who asked Jesus who had sinned saw only the disability, not what the man was inside. We don't know much about that man, but he could very well have been the most loving, talented man with an ear for music, his auditory sense expanding to make up for the lack of vision. He could have been the love of someone's life or his parents. He could be a great teacher in so many ways, yet the crowd only mentioned that which he could not do, see with his eyes. Jesus knew how he was skilled in exemplifying the things God wants us to have as priorities in our lives. Appreciation when others helped him, inner strength as he figured out how to live without sight, creativity in accomplishing tasks that most consider simple, self-worth and esteem as others mocked and judged him, and his faith to do as Jesus said. Did someone sin to receive a person with a disability in their lives? Heavens, no. No pun intended, right? They are actually those chosen to be the change makers the world needs. We humbly ask others to notice our challenges, not as they pertain to us, but rather as they pertain to you. If our digestive systems react to certain foods, what's that saying about our diets? If we have so many allergies, what's up with our air? If we can't talk, it, what's it saying about how you choose to use your words? Words can be hurtful and full of lies. If we find ways to soothe ourselves from sensory overload that don't hurt others, why are we viewed as weird? Others choose to lash out, get angry, or hurt each other to deal with stress. If we don't learn academics one specific way, what's that say about creativity of teaching in our schools? If we are silent and stare off in peace sometimes, what's that say to you about the importance of seeking peaceful moments throughout your busy day? What if we need help to communicate or do tasks? Does that ask you to give more of yourself to others? You see, we live what God wants humanity to see and prioritize once again. God sent Jesus to teach, then uses an exclamation point at the end of his sentence with feats of miracles to put the icing on the cake and attract attention. Then Mateo wrote a poem to sum this all up. It's called The Answer to Why. Here, my child, go live a life. You will experience a bit of strife. But I'll be with you from above. Just seek me out and breathe my love. You'll live life differently than the norm, and some will only see the storm. But you will be the calm they seek. Have trust in me when themes, things seem bleak. You will be my little spark. Without you, they don't know it's dark. 
Dark meets dark and all is well till light shines through. Now they can tell. There's so much more now that I see, so many things surrounding me. When it was dark, I didn't know or notice sparks that helped me grow. Let's notice every single spark, and as we do, our lives will become lighter. Darkness didn't know it was dark until it was introduced to light. Jesus is the light of the world. Let us all be the sparks that provide God's loving glow in our world. I L O V love W R I T I N writing P O did again P O E T R poetry B E C A U S because I it G R A B grabs A T T E N T I O attention in oh L cool Indian Indian no 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 ways because it grabs attention in cool ways. Like, go ahead. Like music does. N O T E notes A R E R D A D D E added E X. C-L-A-M-A-T-I-O. The added exclamation, M-A-R-K-S. Marks, T-2-P-O-E-T-R-Y. Notes are the added exclamation marks to poetry. I-W-A was... A S K E. I was asked H O how I T A L talk W I T with G O with God A N and J E S U S and Jesus. W E L L well I A S K E asked G O God F O four A F find it R that's okay I E and I asked God for a friend I C O U L could T A L talk W I T with 
in m my s i l e n c e i asked god for a friend i could talk with in my silence a n and p o o and poof h e r here c a m came j e s u and here came jesus h e he's a s t e a stead f a s steadfast f r i e and he's a steadfast friend w we c a can a l l all h e a here a n and f e e feel h i him i if w we g i v give h i him o u our s i l e n c e we can all feel and hear him if we give him our silence i f e e feel h i his v i b r a t i o i feel his vibration a n and s e See, you're the idiot. Here's we're going to the movies. This comes. Dropping them up, it's beautiful. Violet color. Violet color. I feel his vibrations and see his beautiful violet color. Um, if you come see us down the hallway afterwards, we have little bookmarks for you. On the back um, is one of Mateo's poems called "I Wait." That's pretty pertinent to what he just said. It says, "My child, how are you doing? I have been calling you. Do you have a minute to talk? I know you are busy, but time can stand still for our conversation. I hear your questions, and they are so clear. Why don't you hear my answers? Goodwill can exist between you and me." I am still your rock. Come and hold on to me. My victory awaits. It's yours for the taking. No time for me, but for others you're making. Remember, my child, I speak in a whisper. Stop filling your time with all things that are yelling. You need the softness much more than the loud, for without the quiet, the loud becomes noise. In your solitude, seek me, my friend, and I am here, waiting. Love your friend. Peace. Thanks for having us, and come down and visit us at the end of the hallway afterwards. Thank you. Well, we are so delighted to have Matteo back. He has some really important things for us to meditate on. 
I'd like to invite Helen Livingston to join me. And Helen is one of our missionaries in Taiwan. Helen and Sam and their four children have served there for nine years. They were sent out from us, from Hillside, and they're doing beautiful ministry there, working with uh, disability ministry and recovery ministry. And Helen has a really powerful story to share with us today about ways in which she was watching God move in the unexpected. And that's really what Mateo is helping us see, is to see God in places we might not naturally look, but where he is vividly active so, Helen, share with us, and welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Um, I get to speak on behalf of Sam, so I'll just have him stand up. Yeah. The kids were here earlier, but they're outside playing. Um, and if you have any questions, see us afterwards. But, um, oh, whew, I'm humbled to be here. Um, Mateo, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Mateo, Jesus is my steadfast friend too. Um, when I was little, hearing from Mateo's story reminded me that when I was little, in 1983, I was seven years old when my family landed in San Leandro. And in school... Children would pull back their eyes and go, ching, chung, ching, chung, 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 chung. go back to where you came from. No, 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 you can't play on the, um, the swings or the slides because we'll get the Chinese cooties. And I spent years, I spent six years so afraid that I did not speak one word at school. So all throughout elementary school until junior high, I never spoke one word. Selective muteness maybe, but out of fear. And so I... I understand when Mateo said, I just cried out in my spirit for a friend. And those years, I didn't have Jesus. Um, But out of the ashes came beauty. Because look at me now. I learned English. (laughs) And I learned it well enough to go through school. And now, um, I've taken all the ashes throughout life. Um... And I've taken it back to Taiwan. And there's beauty in in what God is doing. And out of our brokenness, I love to minister to those families affected by disability. And Sam loves to um, minister to those dealing with recovery in one way or another um, with addiction. But in my day, as a long-term missionary, I'm a mom of four. People ask me, what do I do all day, you know? And, and I have to say that in the morning when the kids go to school, that's where I get the work done. And one day, I want to share a story that I was walking down, down the alley, because if you walk down the alley to the right, that's where the open market is. And you know where I come from in Taiwan, old ladies lay down their vegetables on the side and the meat trucks here with the hanging pigs. And, but I get my groceries there, but I also love to get fresh flowers. Um, One or two make the home warm. And one day, I saw my flower man, and he wasn't at his truck. And I saw him at the corner just standing there like this. And I said, what in the, what happened? Where's, what are you doing? He goes, my arm, it, it just, it just happened. I said, what do you mean it just happened? So as a doctor of physical therapy, I ask him, 
I, I, I try to survey his cervical area to see if it's impingement. What is it? What's the mechanism of injury? Is there a virus? Does it hurt? No, nothing hurts, not sick. I go, stick out your tongue. It's a stroke. And it stuck out straight. It didn't go crooked. I'm thinking, all right, you know, being a doctor of physical therapy, listen, when you don't know, you got to say you don't know, right? But as a follower of Jesus, my heart was beating. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Helen, step aside. Let me. So with my heart beating, I asked Tayape. I asked the 70-year-old gentleman, can you, can you just sit down? Can I pray a blessing over you? He's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And so then I lay my hands on his shoulder, and I'm praying with all the faith that I've got. Listen, just because I'm a missionary doesn't mean I have faith like this, okay? I just pray for, like, people who have colds and, like, aches and stuff. I don't pray for the lame to get up. I don't have that yet. I'm just saying. But this is the first time, dangling arm. You know, no other physical causes. Maybe there's a spiritual cause. Maybe God can, can help. So I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, bless them, bless them. And as I'm praying, I feel a vibration. And I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, this is, this is, I've heard of this before. This is when healing comes. So I'm praying, I'm praying. And then he goes, with his other arm, and he goes, Wait, 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 hala, hala. Okay, okay, 10 minutes. Okay, how? Okay. And then he looks up to me. He's like, oh, Debuchi. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And you know, as a missionary, you got to quickly wrap it up. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And I go, can you raise your arm? Can you raise it? He's, he goes, he's trying to like swing it just to show me that it's a little bit better because I prayed for him. And I felt humiliated. I thought, I don't believe what I did. And I'm telling him the story. After a good cry, days go by, and I see him, and he's not better. And then a week goes by, and he's back selling flowers, but with the help of vendors next to him. But he sat me down, and he said, Chen Xiaojie, Helen, can I tell you that actually 20 years ago, when I was in Peru, I heard about Jesus, and I did receive him in my heart. But after my time in Peru, I went to China for about 20 years. But it was hard. They persecuted me and lost his business. He lost everything. And with unforgiveness and bitterness in heart, he came back to town to start over, and he sold flowers on the side of the road. And he said, when you prayed for me, I remembered Jesus. And I started to take the Bible off of my shelf, and I started to read. And I could see peace in his eyes. And um, I, as a physical therapist, saw the floppy arm. I did not see his broken heart. Jesus sees his broken heart. Jesus didn't see the man for the eyeballs for his visual impairment. Jesus saw his heart. And I'm learning. Sam and I are learning inside out. Live it inside out. God sees from the inside. And through the floppy arm, God got so much glory. 
I don't have time to tell you because there's part two to it, but you'll have to see me afterwards. <laughs> but just trust me, he got all the glory. And um, I just want to thank you that on behalf of Hillside, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus um, where we live over there in Taizong, Taiwan. So we're back here on furlough, and um, we have USA numbers and everything like a um, so if you want to contact us, see us afterwards, together with Mateo in the back there. So I hope you will. Helen and Sam and Mateo and Annette will be uh, floating around, talking with you. We'll probably move you guys out here so everybody can see you. You can sign up for their newsletters. Mateo has some books that will be out front as well. I'm going to invite Jeff to come and close our sermon at this time. And uh, as I do that, I'm going to invite the choir actually to come on. Come on back, and they're going to sing us one final song as we close. But as they are coming back, sitting with this text, John 9 this week, it struck me that God is always at work in ways you least expect it, and that he shows up in ways you're not expecting him to show up. And when I read John 9, the first, right there in the first couple of verses of that chapter, it said that this man was born blind so that, he might, that God might do his works through him. And I always thought that simply meant he was going to heal him from blindness. But now I think this, that there was a greater work that he was going to do through that blind man. Not just heal his blindness, but he would make the blind beggar who was discarded on the side of the street the teacher of the teachers. Because you know how that story ends if you read the end of it? The Pharisees didn't like this Jesus who healed him because he healed on the Sabbath day and he weren't supposed to do that. They were all caught up in that and they kept interviewing, who was this guy that healed you? And so the, the blind, formerly blind man gets to tell them this. He says... When they keep asking him, we don't know who, where he's from. And the blind man, formerly blind man, says to them, now this is a thing. The irony is just soaking rich through this passage. They said this, we know that God listens, doesn't listen to sinners. That, that the one who fears God, God will listen to them. And no one has ever heard of, from the beginning of time, someone heal a man born blind. Born blind. We know that God listens to him, and you say, where does this man come from? Then he says, I don't know. All I know is that I was blind, but now I see. And the, the haughty Pharisees say, do you suppose to teach us, you who were born in sin? And they kicked him out of the synagogue. And it showed them for what they were, and the true truth came from the voice nobody was listening to. As we go into this week, let me tell you something. God is speaking, always speaking, as Mateo says, sometimes it's in the quietest places, but it will come from a place you least expect. If we're listening, we'll hear it. And often it might come from the very place inside of us that we feel most insecure about, the place inside of us we feel less sure about, the place where we don't think God could ever use me in that way. It might be the very thing he is up to because when we are weak, he is strong. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this powerful day of being together around testimony, around the unexpected ways that you use the things that are not to shame the things that are. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We agree and say, yes, make us that way as well, dependent upon you, pointers to you in our very weakness. Because at the end of the day, it is about you 
you who are good, you who are light, you who are love. And it is your grace that we want to be the testimony of the way that we walk through this world. Not because we're so suave, so smooth, so strong. No, but because we have found your love to buoy us up and send us through day by day. We end today with a praise song to your grace, which is beyond words. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.